0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of Season 2 of the Sand Dude Podcast. We're your hosts, Frank and Hans, and on today's episode, we're going off-script. We're suspending our conversation on transparency and touching on a topic we've alluded to in previous episodes. Hans, using his vast imagination and creative spirit, will tell a short story. We hope you like it. Hans, take it away. When I was a kid... My friends and I trampled a cornfield adjacent to our suburban neighborhood. It's one of the top three things that I regret doing in my life. There are other things that I regret, but this is among the short list of things that had a concrete negative impact on someone else. Mind you, I was nine or ten, perhaps, and while I knew what I was doing was wrong, it was fun to throw oneself into fully grown stalks of corn and let your body be gently lowered to the ground. Actually... I wonder if it might have been a wheat field. That crop is shorter and planted closer together. I can't be sure, so let's stick with the cornfield. Did we destroy the entire field? No. Was it way more than a few broken stalks? Yes. Was the devastation observable from space? Probably not. But I shouldn't have done it, even though the farmers who owned that land must have enjoyed that sensation as a kid themselves. Hang on and we'll get back to this story later. Chapter 1. The Game Imagine yourself at 10. You see yourself as a fully grown adult, with opinions and interests, and boy do you know stuff. You're also old enough to know when you shouldn't do bad stuff, but your need for belonging and comradeship makes your moral compass succumb to peer pressure and maybe even invent your own mischief. One day, you run over to your local playground, and some kids you know are playing a game. You can hear the ruckus from afar, but as you approach, you notice what they're playing is unfamiliar. Peeking over their shoulders with excited interest, you notice them moving around some objects. Everyone's energized, and it's clear to see there's fun to be had. As you observe, you begin to understand the rules of the game that's being played in this sandy spot on the playground. It's a trading game, not unlike the baseball cards you trade at school. Only the individual objects don't become more prized because of the performance or likability of a sports superstar. Every object's value rises and falls based on what someone is willing to pay for any object. All the objects have slightly different colors, but they're all round, the same size and weight. You're reminded of the children's game of marbles. Machine-made marbles. (sighs) Why did I have to pick marbles? I'm sorry, listener. You're going to have to hear me mispronounce that word with my funny accent a few more times. I should have picked a different analogy, but then the lost marbles joke won't work. Each marble is different, but mostly identical. At least at this point, no one cares to collect specific ones. Each is considered the same. Fungible, if you will. But okay, at 10, that's a really big word. The atmosphere on the playground is electric. The kids who've been playing for a while are excited and impassioned. They talk about how they've been playing since morning and how their lives have been changed by the game. Most of them are holding a lot of these objects, the game pieces, the metaphorical marbles. The other kids playing the game, the ones who just joined, are a bit more tense. They've each put some of their allowance into the game, and it's a little unclear that they'll ever get it all back. Oh yes, you need an allowance to join the game. Until now, All the games you've played on this playground have been free. Sandbox, monkey bars, football had no entrance fee. Perhaps you'd had to wait a bit to join a game, or you'd have to play on your own for a while. But actual pocket change was reserved for the ice cream truck. Here, in marble game land, things are different. Allowance buys you marbles. That's how you join. During the game, a few kids traded marbles for other things, Some held on to a bunch and said how happy they were. There were even players who called themselves bankers, who exchanged money for marbles, or vice versa. And so the game goes. But exchange of marbles is not really the point of the game. Neither is playing with the marbles, like you play games with your sports trading cards. In fact, there are no marbles. And we're not really on the playground either. We're on the cornfield. I trampled at the beginning of this story. I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you. Trampling the cornfield is the game. Some of the game players are constantly trampling corn stalks. Each time you fall onto and push over a corn stalk, you liberate another corn cob. But perhaps to go with our marble analogy, it's easier to think of the things that have been liberated from the corn stalks as marbles, not corn. Because we're trading marbles during the game. But to bring new marbles into the game, we're still crushing the corn stalks to the ground. So, corn are marbles? Can we eat the marbles? No, that would be silly. Uh, not even if we cook them. Chapter 2 Origins Once upon a time, a kid walked into a nice cornfield and crushed a bunch of cornstalks. Let's just say he had his reasons. And now, we don't know where he is. He could be a she, or a they. Heck, it could have been the farmer. That's kind of besides the point, though, because whoever it was stuck around long enough to teach everyone the rules of the game. And now, we're trampling corn. It's already the afternoon. The playground is getting full. The noise the game has generated has lured kids from all over. There's even some adults playing now. And they've been buying marbles... With their generous allowances. Prices of marbles have increased significantly, now that we're further into the game, and we probably need to ask mom for a greater allowance. Trampling cornstalks is also getting harder. Early in the game, you'd walk a few feet, push a few over, and voila, you'd have some marbles. But with more players, we have to travel further, and since not every cornstalk has marbles, it's harder to find them. Oh yes, only some corn stalks have marbles. So every time kids go out to find more marbles, a lot of corn is getting trampled. What's more, for every marble search, all the seekers have to come back to the middle of the playground, then trample whole fields of corn, and whoever finds the corn stalk containing the marbles wins. That seeker gets marbles as a reward, and then everyone goes back to the middle Begin the search anew. Many kids have bought scooters to be faster seekers. Some have cars, and a few even have helicopters. The part of the cornfield world that's trampled stretches beyond the horizon. Needless to say, most of the kids don't bother with trampling corn anymore. They leave that to the adults with the helicopters. Using one's allowance to buy some marbles is how almost everyone participates. There's only one weird aspect to the game, beyond the inexplicable corn trampling anyway. We need to trample corn in order to keep tabs on who owns each marble. Sidebar. You think I've lost my marbles, haven't you? See, that was the marble joke. Well, I probably have lost marbles, because the pouches in which we collect our marbles are easy to forget. And sometimes kids from other towns come over and rob the banks. What I mean is, the kids playing banker, ones that are holding on to some of our pouches because we trust them, they get careless and lose our marble pouches. Accountability? The FBI? FDIC insurance up to (laughs) $250,000? What's that? Seriously, this is a kid's game. There's even a rumor, don't hold me to it, that the kid who started corn trampling in the first place might have forgotten how to open his marble pouch, and now all those marbles are lost forever. But that's okay. Lost marbles and unopenable pouches increase the value of everyone else's marbles. It's an odd game. Chapter 3. Value You'd think all this trampling and marble exchanging would be making everyone happy. But most kids, Playing really only care about how much a marble is worth. They're happy when the value goes up and sad when it goes down. Because of how expensive it is to exchange marbles, most of the kids are just sitting there wondering if they should buy more or sell their marbles. But there is one part of the game that's still fun, and that's to find more kids to play the game. It's fun to explain the rules, how trampling corn works even though nobody you know does it anymore, and speculating about who the first kid was. But getting more kids to play the game is really important. Why? Because the only way to make sure the value of marbles goes up is to... No, wait. The only way to ensure the value of marbles doesn't go down is to find new kids who will use their allowances to buy marbles from the bankers. You see, there's a limited supply of marbles, and the more kids, or adults, want marbles, the more each marble is worth. This is probably just pretty simple Keynesian economics, or whatever that means. You heard your dad mention that once. After all, you're 10, remember? Let's recap. More players good, fewer players bad. You need an allowance to buy marbles, it's fun to explain the rules to new players, and somewhere there's a lot of corn getting trampled. But What's the deal with the big tower of Jenga blocks in the middle of the playground? Oh, yeah, that's the blockchain. Remember how I said we need to trample corn to keep track of the marbles? It turns out making copies of marbles is really easy, like click a button easy. So the kid who invented the game came up with a way to keep track of which pouch each marble is in. And that's how we make sure copied marbles don't ruin the game. The Tower of Jenga Blocks contains, surprise, blocks, and each block contains a list. Together, all the lists in the tower tell you which pouch a marble belongs to. Your accountant mom would call this a ledger. That's really it. Some of the kids think this is a big deal, but it's kind of simple. Maybe those kids are still in kindergarten? Whenever you want to give one of your marbles to another kid, Perhaps they gave you one of those green leaves your brother likes to play with. You need to tell the blockchain that you took one of your marbles and put it in your friend's pouch. Did I mention you need to pay for that? You do. But it's only going to cost you a little bit of your marble. Wait, what? Oh, yes. You can break your marbles into little chunks. That's totally okay. The blockchain can even track marble crumbs. And as your recorded marble exchange is added to the list that makes up the next block, the one that's added to the top of the Jenga tower, through the magic of corn trampling and a tiny bit of marble dust, you've now played in one round of the marble-corn-trampling game. Since it's done almost entirely out of sight, and since none of your friends actively trample corn anymore, it's hard to keep track of the environmental devastation. Sure, Some of the scooters and helicopters have gotten more efficient and powerful, but it's still a fact that during every marble search, every seeker tramples tons of corn. It's an Argentina-sized problem. But we're 10 years old. It's never going to be our problem, right? Chapter 4. Mainstream It's getting late now, and you might be getting ready for your afternoon nap, so I'll save you the block construction dynamics for another day. But as you start to walk home, you notice some of the kids have built exact copies of the Jenga tower everyone's been playing with. This is, surprisingly, a good thing. It makes the game better. Other kids have made copies of the Jenga tower, but changed the newer blocks. This has resulted in a bunch of the kids getting into heated arguments. In other corners of the playground, some kids have started new games, building whole new Jenga towers and playing with differently looking marbles. Inexplicably, although maybe we shouldn't be surprised, they're still trampling corn to find their marbles and build towers. A few of the teenage kids have even started selling links to their paintings, mostly doodles made at school, calling them non-fungible. But getting one of these link receipts still costs marbles. The tricky part is finding which Jenga tower corn trampling marble game they belong to. The same painting link receipt could be listed in more than one Jenga tower getting off the playground is proving a little tricky. It's really gotten crowded. A lot more kids have come, and now a few of the adults have driven their trucks onto the field and are setting up loudspeakers to get more people to join the games. The noise has even attracted parents who've come to collect their kids, telling them not to play anymore. And a few of the adults are warning kids, and anyone who will listen, of what will happen when the games stop. But will they stop? Or will the games grow up to be part of the world outside the playground? If so, what problems will they solve? And must the corn trampling continue? Chapter 5, The End By now you've figured out that my marble corn trampling game is an analogy for Bitcoin and cryptographic token systems, that the painting receipts are NFTs, and that corn trampling is a euphemism for electricity use. The excessive and inefficient use of electricity to keep these systems running should concern those of us paying for utility bills and anyone else who knows about the consequence of releasing more greenhouse gases by producing electricity. Some of you may still remember the days before the iPhone and high-speed internet. Back in the early days of the web, Yes, I can still hum the dial-up modem sounds. It is estimated that America Online mailed out one billion plastic CD-ROMs. They were everywhere, stuffed into mailboxes, attached to magazines and cereal boxes. You'd often find them discarded on sidewalks, and AOL once put them on seats at the Super Bowl. AOL was a big driver in connecting people and bringing them online. There's no doubt about that. But the amount of environmental pollution... It caused was also clear to see. With cryptographic token technologies, that's not the case. The damage is hidden. I'll admit that after the 2008 financial crisis, the idea of an unregulated computer currency not beholden to a corrupt financial establishment was attractive. And even the technical underpinnings, the blockchain, was interesting for us technologists. But besides the expensive crypto advertisements, the ink that's been spilt exhorting the technological innovation, and the ferocious grassroots fan base, there are clear warning signs that all is not well in the cryptosphere. And the incessant corn trampling is just one of the signs. Lastly, as someone who has been privileged to grow up in the West, I'm terrified to think about the substantial greenhouse gas contributions my existence has had on our environment. But I'm glad That aside from that one cornfield I helped trample as a kid, I have never felt the urge to participate, except as an observer and critic, in any more corn-trampling mischief. Oh, and to the farmer from so many years ago, I'm sorry.